0: Hello and welcome to another 12 Shows of Rich Herring podcast. It's nearly at the end. We've actually completed all the shows. And when I say we, I mean I. I'm not mentally ill. Um, Today we're looking at Lord of the Dance Seti, which was the 11th of the 12th, the last of the old shows, which obviously was a little bit easier to do as I did it three or four months ago. Uh, We'll cross right over to me in the dressing room beforehand. So as usual, I don't double up too much. I'm sure I have already. And I should point out, that uh, as my shows are now over, I'm back into full parenting duties and uh, I'm recording this as my daughter sits in the little rubber tube in front of me. So she may interject. There you are. Are you saying Dada? Dada? you playing with Dada's shoes? Uh, which is apt that she's here, uh, especially for the final episode if she's here for that, which is more about her. She, of course, only existed in fetal form during... Lord of the Dance seti, well, in the first place. And then she did get born halfway through the tour. So it's good you're here, Phoebe. You enjoying it? You enjoying being on a podcast? She is enjoying it. She's smiling, but she, she's gone all shy. Play with this. Cool. Hello. Here we are in the, the Leicester Square Theatre dressing room. There's something different here. Two things different. One thing is the sofa isn't here. That's unusual, isn't it, George? Another thing is a secret. Our secret surprise guest is here, which this will ruin the DVD for you. But it's Christian Riley. Here he is. Hello. It's he from As It Occurs to Me. That's, that's who he. That's what who he is. Um, who is we, we? do a surprise. Where did I put my phone. Oh, there he is. Uh, we do a surprise uh, bit at the end where he comes on. So we got this is like which we did in Edinburgh like, nearly this time last year.
1: That's right.
0: When everything was going quite badly. <laughs> and uh, I'd be very depressed, and then I'd go on stage and, and just be happy for an hour, and then be unhappy for the rest of the time. So
1: You, you were great company, though. <laughs> so we had some great nights, yeah. me drinking ginger beer. <laughs> the
0: we were together the night that Steve Martin, <laughs> uh, no, Steve Martin, and Robin Williams yeah, died. The other one. Yeah, <laughs> All those wines <laughs> for me wishful thinking. Okay. <laughs> wishful thinking that Steve Martin, he deserves to die, George. If I could swap Robin Williams for Steve Martin, I would. Um, I
1: imagine you'll get no flack. George, Sorry.
0: George loves uh, Steve mind so. Wow, I blimey! Yeah, okay. just, well, I <laughs> my, well, we've
1: got right in at the controversial. <laughs> be, that was
0: George saying that. So yeah. send his, send your tweets to him. At <laughs> Incompetent sound guy is his Twitter handle. Um, so uh, yeah, so it's I haven't done any work on this at all. And I, I was driving to do a preview last night in um, Dalston, in a cinema for Happy Now, which I'm very scared about, Christian. Mm-hmm. Because I'm doing a brand new show tomorrow that I've I've written about 40 minutes of. uh, And uh, it still was 24 hours to go. It's fine. Uh, And I went through this show as I was driving. And I kind of got bored of going through it, so I stopped. Yeah. That's what you usually do, right, when you drive. Do you have that when you drive to gigs and you're trying stuff out?
1: I I do, I do. I sort of, you know, I try and remember your shows (laughs) as I'm driving there. And then I I get a bit bored and I stop. (laughs) But if you probably know this show so if I if I forget where I am you can just shout
0: out from um, the rings the next lights. No props. Uh, so I think it'll be all right and um, the the good thing is I've just found out which they told me before uh, is that we don't have anything on after us tonight or tomorrow night so I can do the full show. So uh, that's nice cuz I was going to try and I was going to cut a bit out which i really haven't thought about and it was a bit I didn't do that much so we'll see if that comes back which bit? about the um the guy saying, uh, I haven't seen an ass like that in years. I thought
1: that was a good bit. Vi- yeah, it is stay. a good bit. Well,
0: it's going to be in tonight. I was going to cut it out tonight, but it's going to go back in tonight. But I didn't do it very much. I, I did it in the DVD, and I don't think I did it much on tour towards the end. Partly because you know, I just think let's keep the show as short as possible so then get home.
1: <laughs> I'm a pro.
0: But mate, um, you know,
1: anything that gets you to say anal flute. <laughs> exactly, yes, that's true. That's so we, I should think
0: we did this <laughs> last in um, in May, I think, or June possibly, you know, May it was, I think. So June, July, August, September. It's four months since I did it but i think it's all kind of in there somewhere yeah. so i hope so cuz it'd be embarrassing if the most recent show is the one i fuck up but we'll see and we've sold uh, it was it, i thought it would go higher than this cuz it was selling all right last week but we're currently up to 15 minutes to go as usual uh, and oh, it's taking its time 265 all right. it's all right the it, George? It's, that's all right i think the average is about 287 so you know it's bringing the average down slightly but tomorrow we'll take it up i don't think we're going to quite get to an average of 300 a show but we'll you know we're going to get close so that's not too bad um and, you know, given that we did this four months ago, I'm surprised anyone's coming to see this one. Yeah. Apart yeah. from the people who got all 12 tickets to all shows, and I'm sure most of them
1: won't bother coming. Uh, so, yeah, so it's... Uh... I was on Radio 4 earlier this week, oh, yeah. so maybe that probably gave it up. But mind you, they don't yeah. know I'm in show. They don't know you're stage. in the show and you yeah, never no. said that, so yeah, no, it's not, you're no help to anyone. Sorry. had? Did you have a good time in Edinburgh? Had a great time. Yeah.
0: Did everyone yeah. miss me up there, or did they, yeah, people? It was, all any, it
1: was all anybody was talking about. I was
0: about. surprised people could yeah. carry on. To be honest, I thought like me not being there, people go, "Oh, it's just too big a blow."
1: Yeah, it, 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 you know, but we we tangoed on. You know, okay. it was in memory of me. In my no, mind, it like, did. I, I'm like, honestly, you know, it did seem just a little <laughs> bit empty without you. Definitely, without you doing 500 things a day. Yeah. Oh
0: well, I didn't, I didn't. I didn't. I think overall, doing this has been. Dar O'Brien just tweeted me and said he thought I'd get to the fourth one and go insane. So he's amazed that I've got through this far. But actually this has been, it's telling that this has been a lot more, less stressful and more relaxing than doing the Edinburgh Fringe. So I've kind of really enjoyed it. Haven't got stressed out. I've been able to spend lots of time with my family, in my house, in my bed. It's been nice. Made some money, made some good friends. Me and George have made George a t-shirt. Saying okay. vaginal frubes on it. I'm bringing okay. it. In, I'm bringing it in tomorrow. you like, okay. you like the vaginal frube show. I should have done one about Steve Martin being Aww. being, <laughs> shit. being, <laughs> being w- shit. I'll <laughs> do. I'm, I'm going to do one. I'm going to do one. Steve Martin is is worse than Maxine Khan and you have to wear it out in the street. <laughs> <laughs> See how long you live for. Uh, so yeah, well look, we got uh, we got 14 minutes to the show. So let's uh, me take a lot of warming up between the two of us. Yeah, yeah. Christian's not on for ages. So you can go out and watch a film, probably. Uh, but uh, we'll see how it goes. I think it should be okay. I'm quite tired, and I'm heavier than I was when we did this, even like four months ago. But this time last year, I was ten kilos lighter and was very
1: fit. Which makes the Harold Pugs a bit even yeah. more dangerous. Well, it was dangerous.
0: Well, it is dangerous now, but also the dance. We just practiced the dancing, and, and I did it at quarter speed, and <laughs> I'm really tired. So that's gonna that's gonna kill me. I might literally. This could be. If I die, could you put this out, George? And put like a little fake put a picture of me looking you put a picture of you looking sad with uh, holding the mic up to an empty chair. <laughs> <laughs> or to my dead body. <laughs> <laughs> so I could go down. Uh, and yeah, and we've got a tiny sofa. So the only thing we yeah. can't do is the Harold Pucks joke properly, yeah. so I'm gonna have to do a Stupid joke version. You might of that. miss the sofa. It's that ah, Well, I could. There. It is. I could miss it, yeah. so I could hurt myself. Could this gives a lot of way for the. Oh, if you're going to oh, yeah, buy sorry. the DVD, yeah. so uh, unfortunately, there's lots of spoilers. I'll, I'll I'll put a warning out on mm. the front of this podcast, as, which you will have already heard. But I don't know that now, do I? When I'm saying because this is in the past, <laughs> so uh, I have no idea what the me of the future is doing. Well, I'm dead. I, I, might be, rich I, might dead. I might be. I might be dead. I might be dead. Let's hope So it'll be someone you'll have to do it. So remember that if. Yeah. Remember to put out the warning and yeah. say, and also, spoiler, Richard died. That's why I'm doing this. And let's hope I don't die. But if I do, I've had a good life. Uh, could you bring out my daughter for me? Could you help bring up my daughter?
1: No problem mate. No, no problems. Nice. No, what that, it. a
0: contract? Yeah, it is. The oh. song, <laughs> just financially, you don't have to do anything. <laughs> don't have to move in on my grieving widow. <laughs> I know what you're like. Uh, cool. All right, that'll do. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot to say, that's got loads of spoilers in it. So, uh, if you're going to buy the Lord of the Dance uh, Seti DVD, maybe don't listen to this podcast for a bit. The Lord of the Dance Seti DVD hopefully will be out soon. Uh, The lady who's editing it's had a baby, which has slowed things down a little bit. Uh, George the Incompetent Sound Guy, or Crit7's not that one, messed up the sound, which we've had to do a lot of work on. So, um, it should be out hopefully in, I'm guessing, October, November, something like that is my guess. We'll bring it out whenever we can. It'll be at gofastestripe.com where you can buy all of my DVDs and, of course, com slash 12 shows. You can buy the audio of the first 10 shows, not the two from this weekend, which will appear on their own separate DVDs. I don't want to... It's a very good offer that we've given you all those 10 shows for £12 uh, and I, don't, I think you will understand that we don't want to dent our already minimal sales of DVDs by giving you the audio to these shows uh, for free. That's right, da-da-da-da, well done, that's who I am. I've got a very clever daughter, I don't think she knows it's me that she's saying it. <laughs> Shush, I am recording a podcast, Phoebe, now you must behave. <laughs> Laughing at me is not the response, you have to behave nicely. So anyway, the show went really well, this uh, Lord of Dancetti. Um, I might read you my diary, which might... Uh explain that but it was the definitely probably the best performance i've done of lord of the dance of a couple of little mistakes i made but not much but also definitely the best audience i've had thus far for the 12 shows uh let's play you the the routine i mentioned about um have not having seen an ass like that in years it may be one that you missed on tour because i didn't do it all the time so you missed it didn't you phoebe it's not it's a bit rude for you phoebe so you don't listen so I love walking around it's one of movement and inertia it's what this show's all about if you're clever you can start it's very clever looking forwards and backwards it's a very clever show someone should write a PhD about it but it's um, I love movement and inertia I was walking around uh, in West London where I lived the other day just innocently when I'm a, a man in his 50s I encountered a man in his 50s with a countenance that suggested he might enjoy a drink Uh, His unsteady gait suggested he might have enjoyed a drink that morning. He (laughs) deliberately caught my eye. That's a weird thing to happen in London, as you know. And then he pointed at something behind me, thankfully not directly behind me, before wistfully observing, I haven't seen an arse like that in years. He smiled a knowing and naughty smile. Now, I assume he was talking about the arse of a woman who'd literally just walked past. Now, as I think I made clear in the rest of this show, I'm a feminist. I always have been. I'm an actual feminist. I'm not just pretending to be one this year in the hope of winning a comedy award. I'm an actual... (laughs) I'm not approving or condoning what that man said. That's an awful thing to say to a stranger or to anyone. I have to tell you, uh, for, for, the, for the routine to work, I have to tell you what he said, but I'm not condoning at all that, that he did say that. On the other hand, he did look like he'd seen an awful lot of asses in his life. and he, he felt this one was so extraordinary. It was worth notifying a complete stranger about its awesomeness. I, my curiosity was piqued. It was difficult not to turn around and have a look. Then Maybe I thought, I'm being unfair on this guy. Who, guy, who says he's enjoying this ass? in a sexual manner. That was an assumption I made. He could be enjoying the arse in a whole number of ways. Maybe I'm being sexist ish by making that assumption. What if the ass is juggling fire or, or... ...playing some kind of anal flute? There <laughs> My curiosity... Th- I thought I should turn around and have a look. Just out of scientific curiosity, yeah. I want to make that very clear. I do not approve of surreptitiously checking out the asses of women or men. It is something I would never, ever do. I have to say, after all the hype, I was a bit disappointed in the arse. There was nothing extraordinary about it at all. It was maybe a little bit larger than the average ass. I'm guessing, because as I just said, I never look at other people's asses, so I wouldn't really have anything to compare that to. Except for my own ass, which I'll sometimes look at like that in the bathroom mirror, just as a control, just in case, just in case anyone would have come up to me and say, Rich, with my permission, will you please have a look at my ass? if that is bigger or smaller than average I can say well using my own ass as the mean I can help you with that that's this was the kind of arse I think you could see 25 times a day if you spent four hours wandering around West London surreptitiously checking out the asses of strangers. I'm guessing. I don't do that. As, as I've said, I then don't go home and then compare the asses to other asses I've already encountered that week and, and put them in a league table of which one was the best one and then draw them in a notebook, which I've entitled "Asses I Have Observed, Compared and Contrasted, which I've decorated with little pictures of arses. Cut, i can't have naughty magazines and stuff on the front of cellar Anyone who says, I do do that, and they've seen that... That notebook in my bedside cabinet is a lie. You can come back to my house after the show. I'm not trying to pick you up. You're just the captain of the audience. Come and have a look around my bedroom. You can check everything out. Actually, I've left um, the bedroom in a bit of a mess. So if you could just wait in the kitchen for five minutes. I'll just pop upstairs, tidy up my pants and stuff. Then you can come up. You can look around. You can check everything. You can You look in the bedside cabinet as much as you want. It won't be in there because it doesn't exist. Uh, you mustn't look in the laundry basket. But uh, that is... OK, I bet that old guy has a notebook like that. Like, what a pervert. And yeah. But weirdly, he claims he hasn't seen such a run-of-the-mill ass in years. That doesn't make sense, does it? I can presume that man's been chained to a radiator in a basement for three decades or something. Or maybe he, just seen, he regained his sight after a long period of blindness. It just so happens that arse was the first thing to drift into his field of vision. He goes, oh, I haven't seen an arse like that in years. Or anything at all in news. I mean, that was that was a weird way to phrase that. Thinking about it, wasn't it? But to be honest, I was so surprised about the miraculous regaining of my sight after all this time. Forgive me if I spoke inelegantly. It certainly wasn't worth wasting the time of a complete stranger to make him stop his busy day of innocently walking around to turn and look at an ass, which, although maybe unusually pert and undrooping for an ass of that size, would only appear as a footnote in any serious work comparing people's asses to other people's asses. <laughs> Maybe that's, that's why I want one person to point. That's all I'm for in common. That is the holy grail there. I want one person to fucking love Everyone else, that. Not else It was good, but it was not, did not deserve. Was, the cat was too long. Maybe that's why we should admire this guy after all. Uninfluenced by media images of perfect body shapes, he saw wonder in the ordinary. Was he a sex pest? Or was he, a postmodern feminist, attempting to make me reconsider society's narrow-defined and bogus ideals of feminine beauty? <laughs> to be honest, even if he was a sex pest, the arse had made him so happy. It was hard to begrudge him. The woman hadn't even seen him. Look, there was no victim to this crime. I wondered if this guy had once fallen in love with a woman with an identical arse to this woman, where they'd drunk together in the summer sunshine and made love. But then their love had died, and now, decades on, now drinking alone, he sees an arse that reminds him of the arse he once knew doesn't make him weep as you'd expect it makes him smile, he can't recapture what has gone, but he has his memories of an ordinary ass that was extraordinary to him. <laughs> All right, uh, here is my warming up entry about this show, which I think might be the easiest way of uh, <laughs> of uh, telling you about it. There is a little bit of repetition in this, and uh, a couple of spoilers for what's going to happen later in the podcast. Um, there were 269 people in for Lord of the Dance Settee tonight. Not at all bad for a show which I did in London only a few months ago. It was the best audience of the run so far. They were into it from the beginning, were a joy to perform for, and I think this might have been the best performance of the material so far. I hadn't really done much of a run, though. Uh, I'd, I'd half run it through in my head and out loud in the car last night and got bored and listened to the radio instead. Uh, but uh, I only forgot about one line, even though sometimes it felt like I didn't know what was coming next. It was playful and unpressured, and for the first time, as I had nothing on the theatre after me, I was able to relax do the show and mess about of it. Perhaps that was the only bit of freedom lacking from this run. I still had the Edinburgh-like pressure of having to be out of the venue at a certain time, so I was always aware of overrunning. So tonight with a show that I was on top of with an audience excited and prepared to laugh, I had one of my most enjoyable performances ever. And unbelievably, I've done all 11 of my existing one-man shows in the space of five weeks. I don't know how. I really don't. I think I must have died, and this is just a dream as my brain returns to mulch. Uh, But if not, and it really happens, I'm still alive, it's been an amazing thing to do. I've learned a lot about myself as a person, and I think also become a much better comedian over the course of all this, or at least just by pushing myself into something clearly a bit crazy and seemingly impossible. I've had to really concentrate, ramp things up and improve or die in a comedic sense. It's utterly fucking remarkable what I've managed to achieve already, and as my own worst critic, whose self-criticism is mediocre at best, I don't say that lightly, uh, and uh, and be insufferably smug if the last, the most difficult of this... Uh, Herculean effort wasn't still to come, I would be, uh, and I would be in, in Suffolk's Saga the last and most difficult challenge of this Herculean effort wasn't still to come. I really have little idea if I'm going to be able to, capable of delivering a new album material tomorrow. I know I've got some stuff, but will I remember it? Will it be enough? And will it even feel like a show rather than a collection of half thought out ideas? Perhaps this run should have been either all of my old shoes or a new show, or maybe by pushing myself so hard it will be a triumph, not a disaster." The remarkable thing continues to be how unstressed I am by all this. I use most of my day to try and work on Happy Now, but without the urgency I will be feeling with a fringe. I just calmly trying to work out what I would, could place where and how I might end the show and make it whole. Every day this week I spend about an hour in the bath playing Adam's Family Pinball on my iPad, which takes some skill just to balance the tablet in a position when it's not going to get wet. It feels like I'm wasting time, but to empty my brain and allow the cogs to turn... I know it's boring as I half concentrate on something else. Really seems to be working. It relaxes me, but also afterwards, I seem to come to some decisions. Or come up with a new idea, but I don't really feel—I didn't feel the pressure to make show one of Happy Now perfect. I certainly don't want a short change to shortchange the four hundred plus people who are coming to see it. But I hope they'll appreciate how difficult this has been. I hope they'll be like tonight's audience, who are perhaps a little partisan, but not in a cloying or annoying way. And I hope that support will lift me, giving me a strong performance of what I've got. We will see. Christian Riley and Ben Moore were at the show tonight, which only made this less like a one-man band. And we went off to drink afterwards in a secret bar in Leicester Square that only Ben Moore knows about somehow. So, happy now with the reservation of fear about tomorrow. I really think I might be. Let's do that again. I'll take that again, to Phoebe. Happy now with the reservation of fear about tomorrow. I think I really might be. And the final league table, as you'll want to know uh, for these shows, was one, happy now, which sold out. Two, Hitler Mustache. Three, someone like Shogart. Four, O Fuckin' Forty. Five, The Headmaster's Son. Six, We're All Gonna Die. Seven, The Twelve, Tars of Hercules Terrace. Eight, Lord of the Dance Seti. Ninth, Christ on the Bike. Tenth, Talking Cock. 11th, What Is Love Anyway, and at the bottom, Menage Un. Uh, Happy Now has uh, sold out, so the average ticket sales was 290 per show, just over, and the top four shows sold over 300 tickets, the top one sold 406 tickets. Menage Un was the lowest sales with 240. I guess it had been nice to sell about 120 more tickets over the run and averaged over 300. It would have been amazing if I could have done all these shows to a sold-out theatre, but 290 average is a lot better than I'd realistically expected. I hoped all my shows might be half full and this is 70% plus average and makes this financially as well as artistically worthwhile. There is one more to go. That is correct. I was correct about that. So um, my daughter is slightly shy. I'm being a good dad. No one can say I'm not being a good dad, Phoebe. I am looking after you and I'm multitasking. So stop ruining the podcast with your silly moaning. Now you go quiet when we could do a funny little double act to entertain people. I tell you what, I'll just put you down again. Then I'll put my post-show analysis in, and then we will call this a day on this podcast. Uh, to be honest, maybe you know this show's already happened. There's no point in publicising it via podcast, and that is all I do this for. We make sure I edit that bit out. Don't let anyone know that's my secret plan to trick them into liking me. My secret shout. Yeah, you well, well, we we can move around. To around to come you around to you here. It. All right. Yeah, if you could... Yeah. Close you can enjoy if you like. I'm I'm going it. <laughs> to It's like a bluegrass band. <laughs> right, it's rolling. Cool. Here we are backstage with Christian Riley, who's the surprise guest that was ruined the DVD for you, and Ben Moore, who's the celebrities, the Kevin Costner <laughs> from <laughs> In Bed with me dinner that uh, <laughs> uh, whatever it was called. How are you doing, Ben? You were in the Oxford Review, 1988? That yeah, I yeah. mentioned the Harold Puxer joke. Yeah, I was backstage every day when you yeah. ran onto the stage, threw yourself onto it, and. Uh, uh, came off with massive bruises. Yeah, it was a bit time. more impressive in the old days than oh. certainly what I did to today. We had such a small sofa that I couldn't really do it properly anyway. Yeah. But I usually have a bigger sofa and can throw myself onto it. But it would have been bad to kill myself <laughs> on the final one. I did fall off it quite badly, but I was still all I was right. was a bit worried you'd hit your head on that. That's oh. Oh. So all, all part of the magic. Oh, of I see see it.
1: yeah. Isn't there a connection with uh, Ben and cold Floor's but didn't some didn't some mats get removed at one? Yeah, well, yeah, never again.
0: <laughs> <yet. laughs> yeah, he's Keith, a Matt, reason for the feud with Keith Allen, I mean, really. Matt no, Keith Allen. Allen nearly killed Ben Moore, yeah. so he's here as well. That's that's amazing. Do you enjoy the show, Ben? It was amazing. It was brilliant. Was it, you have to say that. I know. Being taped. I know, but
1: it um, was uh, during the um, the stuff about you being very fussy and pernickety on Twitter about different spellings of Men's Day yeah. and with the apostrophe. Yeah, I, I missed one I was, actually. Because I didn't say didn't. You, should,
0: you should check for International Men's Apostrophe Day, which is close to being correct, but still <laughs> moronically incorrect. That was the about the only thing I forgot. Uh, it was good. I mean, you're a very good audience, not just you, Ben, although I did hear you laugh a couple of times. <laughs> but it was the best audience I think we've had, even though it was, you know, it was, I think it came in eighth place in audience size. Um, but they're all about the same in that kind of middle 270. There's all quite a lot around that number. Um, but, but they were very up for it from they, the start. I think they're the best crowd yeah. for this show. The yeah, they probably others you've probably seen, Yeah. yeah. I think they were so it and was, it, was you know, it was a good I didn't practice it really a, at all but I did kind of remember, it all kind of came back and sometimes just at the moment I was about to do it I nearly forgot about the whole Ted Rogers routine I, in my mind I go no oh, so it goes from that and then it goes into that and then when I got to it I went oh no the Ted, there's a Ted Rogers routine in here which know. wouldn't have probably mattered if I'd missed it out but it would have been a shame it's that, funny to, um, this is the first time I've done it when I've been actually the same age as him <laughs> Usually I was forty-seven and say two months older than I am, or whatever. And Phil Fry yeah. gets lots of mentions. He does. Phil Fry. He's see all the show. He's on the DVD. There's an interview with him on the DVD and with Christian on the DVD. It nice. Phil's in
1: disguise, isn't he? Yeah, I, he's no you, no I don't know why. He <laughs> well, he's a very shady character, <laughs> <laughs> so it's, he's probably just trying to hide. Is
0: his name really Phil? <laughs> <laughs> we don't know. We don't know. So yeah, so that the DVD of this show is coming out, Ben, quite soon. So you should buy it. It's fifteen quid, probably. I recommend it. Oh, good. <laughs> And that's Ben Moore, who was the French exchange student and this morning, Richard Notchett. Um So, yeah, very pleased. That's all of the old shows done. Now there's just a new show to do, which is a slight worry. I hope I get the same audience tomorrow as we had today because mm. I think I'd get away with it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. But thank it. we're going to go for a quick drink now. You can come for a drink if you want, George. Oh, I've got work tomorrow. Fuck you. <laughs> Cut. Cut. <laughs> Cut. <laughs> So yeah, that's 11 of the 12 done, um, and uh, it's 11 o'clock on Tuesday now, and that's time for Phoebe's Milk, isn't it, Phoebes? So I sh- yeah, you can do that, can't you? It's a very clever thing you can do, but can you say Daddy? Can you say, I love Daddy? If you do it now on a podcast, everyone will be amazed. Can you say it? You can you say, Cat? Um, there'll be more about Phoebe uh in tomorrow's uh podcast, and when when the next one's out, the final podcast. Um and uh yeah, I mean it's it's been a remarkable uh, time, the whole thing. Obviously I've done the whole lot now when I'm saying this, but I won't give away how the last one goes just yet. But uh as I said in that blog entry, it has been uh a, a really cool and fun thing to have done and I'm really glad I did, it, and much better than doing Edinburgh. Uh, certainly this year. So I made the right choice. And uh, unbelievably, I don't, I genuinely don't know how I got through all those 11 shows uh, in such good order. If you want to hear those first 10 shows, go to com slash 12 shows or just com and click on the 12 shows link. And uh, you can buy 15 hours of stand-up for just £12, which is pretty good value. I think on one of these podcasts I'm going to put out the first half I did uh, on the Happy Now show, which... Um, is all the stuff that got cut out of the shows for time. So that's that's the stuff that I consider not as good as the stuff in the shows. And I'll show there's 45 minutes of stuff there, which hopefully will give you some idea of the sort of stuff you can get. And I'll give you that for nothing because, you know, I'm too nice. That's my problem. Uh, remember, the West Square Theatre podcast is starting up again on the 27th of September. There are tickets for those. And you can go to the West Square Theatre website and find out who is um, going to be on. We've got some exciting guests already. And, um, yeah. Go, yeah, basically go to com and buy anything you like there. That will help me bring up my charming daughter, won't it, darling? No? Going on quiet? That's fair enough. So, yes, back later in the week with the final podcast in this series, unless we make the best of bit... Um, the uh, the forty five minute bit are separate podcast which I can't I don't know what I'm going to do yet, uh, but uh, yeah thank you so much for listening and thanks to all the people who came along and made this show a success and to all the people who've been buying been buying the uh, the downloads which again that uh, that just I mean that is very helpful that money goes between me and Chris Evans uh, and helps us live our lives so we can keep bringing you free stuff like this so do consider paying for those it's a it's a bargain it is a bargain all right i'll shut up and leave you to it goodbye